So, Father, I do need you. I just need you to just use this shell, my body. And I pray, God, we would hear and we would focus more than we have, Lord, since last Sunday on this right here. God, help me to hear. Help me to say, and I rebuke the devourer, anything he would do at all to try to destroy what you were doing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Most of you in here, no doubt, know about the Lord from the vantage point or the, the uh, experience of being your Savior. And you know, I've been telling you for several months now that God has been just, regardless of what the message seems to you, God has charged me not to just get up here and preach, but to prepare the bride. And I think we all are clear on that, right? Prepare the bride. Get the church ready. And that's what we're going to do right now. It's going to look a little bit different because a lot of the warnings come out of some of the personal warnings, things I need to change, things I need to reevaluate, things I need to look out for in the world, and I need to just kind of not fall prey to what I've been told everywhere I go because it, if you're not careful, you'll listen to everybody but the Word of God. Everybody, everybody that's saying anything to you or for the past year they are Johnny-come-latelys. The Bible has always been here, folks. The Bible just didn't sneak in a Christian bookstore about a year and a half ago, and preachers recommend you to read it. So you know the Lord as a Savior, no doubt, if you have called on Him. But in preparation for where we are in the beginning stages of entering now, it's already started, and it will really, really escalate over the next couple of weeks and into mid to late summer, things are going to really get, just get challenging for a lot of people is a good, good way to put that. So you need to know about the Lord as not just a Savior, but you need to understand Him today as your shepherd. Because see, what I'm talking about to you, you may be in a situation where you find yourself wanting something, and if you don't know that the Lord is your shepherd and you don't have a relationship with Him as your shepherd, you will want. You will want whatever, wherever, but you won't want Him. So you, you need to see this side of God. You, you need to understand this part of your relationship. If you are not at a place where you can say the Lord is my shepherd and I have given myself away and I really truly do not want anything in this world. If you cannot say that yet, you haven't really moved over into a deeper or like last week, a higher level with the Lord and learning him as your shepherd. You, you, you may think you have. But if you still have your eyes on life and this world and things, 
and he's not the air you breathe like the deer pants for the water. You're, you're kind of not there yet. You want to be there. You think about that. You haven't enjoyed the Lord as your shepherd like David is saying here yet. Don't be fooled and don't be confused. A 40-year believer doesn't make you a recipient of God being your shepherd, and it's not anything that he has to do. See, he's God. He never changes. He's always ready, willing, and available. He'll go as far as you want to go, as far as you want to go. But you, you have to do a lot of letting go in order to enjoy him as your shepherd. Now, I'm going to move on a little quicker after this, but again, this is so important because as we get, if the Lord doesn't return or your appointment is not, you know, over the next course of time, months in the next year or so, if, if, if the Lord doesn't come to call his bride, then you're going to really be challenged. And so God's preparing me and you for us to get to this place right here where we can tell people right now, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. I hunger for him. I thirst for him. I don't really want what you're talking about. I mean, I might do this and do that, but the Lord is my shepherd. I am in love with him. He, I'm infatuated with him. And one of the greatest indicators is when I'm around you, you'll hear me talking about my shepherd a lot. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's so good of a shepherd. He makes forces, does whatever he has to. He makes me lie down in green pastures. See, the pastures are green, but sometimes I'm so busy. I know, I know a lot of us can talk about this this week. And even people I can't even, I, I don't know everybody's schedules and lives, but a lot of times... A lot of, you know what, before I got there, it's talking about the wedding. This is kind of butterfly time. Can y'all give me one butterfly today? The wedding was at three. I quit planting okra and cucumbers at 2.07. Fingernails dirty and all that. Jumped in the shower and shaved and was over there about 20 quarter tillish. On the way over there, and she said, you want me to drive? I said, yeah, I got to eat some crackers or I, I, I'm gone. And I remember sitting in the car, the van, on the way, and I just said, man, I am so worn out. This feels like a vacation just riding from here over there. And it, it was just a great moment. It, it, it was a great slice of life. Just, just sitting there, just riding about 10 minutes, eating crackers and drinking a non-fat Pepsi. And you know what? When you get to a point in your life and in your walk, sometimes God will do things in your life and in my life to actually make us lie down in green paint, or, or he knows we will literally die. That's the kind of shepherd I'm talking about. I don't have time for a green pasture. Lord, we're trying to do two projects at one time. We're trying to do a lot of things here. We've got all kind of other things coming up. Lord says, but I'm so good of a shepherd, I will make my sheep lie down in green pasture. 
And then he's so good of a shepherd, he will also, when everybody else is rushing around, like I talked about, mad, he's so good to me and you, you know what he does? He will lead us beside still waters. How many of you know some people that's in a rat race and they like, man, they, they look like they are in a river going over a class five rapid? Raise your hand right now if you're able to raise a hand. You know what God does? They haven't enjoyed the Lord as being their shepherd yet. See, when you are in love with him and Jesus is my favorite and the bestest example I can give you because Jesus knew how busy life was, how many people needed and demanded him. We watched a little bit of this on The Chosen last night when he spent all day, all day healing people. And you didn't see him right until the very And he was war, slam out. And, and this is what he will do. He will find us when we're busy and we're doing that. And... And like laying in green pastures while the world's just running around and the devil's leading the world all over the place, he'll tell his sheep, he'll say, come on, we're not going to go where it's always like this. We're going to go beside still waters. See, when you're beside the still waters, when he's leading you beside the still waters, then he can do something else. Your shepherd can. You know what? I'm describing something. Everybody in here, it's like you're spiritually salivating right now that's like saliva that's a redneck term for saliva coming down your face it's like you know i really want that i i, I want that good news is it's ready available right this minute he's so good and he leads you beside these still waters but opie all this stuff's happening with covid all this stuff's happening it's about to get worse the food supply is about to change they're uh, they're gonna go uh, passport crazy on everything we're not even gonna build and, and you know you hear all these kinds of things that are gonna happen but I mean if you don't watch out that's that's the pace the world is moving the bride that's being prepared is being led by still waters right now the bride I didn't say the people to come to church everywhere I said the bride the people who have learned the Lord as their shepherd. See, it's good. you got to have him as your savior to make it to heaven. But if you want to enjoy this life that he said was abundant life, you got to know him as your shepherd. If you don't know him as your shepherd, you will go to heaven with your tongue hanging out, water slam out. I am preaching to me so much today, I'm almost ready to go to the altar myself. But he leads me beside the still waters, and then he's able to restore my soul. See, sometimes we are so busy. Sometimes we are so worked. Or, or, or maybe that's not you, but maybe you're so because you still watch the news, don't you? Don't say, don't say yeah, because I'm going to get offended. I'm going to come find you. I done told you about that for a year. Quit watching that. It's on and operated and maneuvered by hell, despite what you think. I don't care if they sang Amazing Grace at a NASCAR race. I don't care about that. Listen to me. You better hear from God. God has the only life that you are interested in, I promise you. So the Lord is leading the church beside still water so he can restore your soul. And we need that. 
We need the Lord to restore our soul. We need the Lord to get us to a place where God can refresh us, where God can replenish us, where God can, can get us to that place where we really are saying out of our heart, He's all I want. He's all I need. He is the air I breathe. And that's where God is trying to get the bride to right now before the face of the world changes again. And it's only going to be worse than it was last year. And I did have to throw that in because you're going there quick. I'm trying to get the church prepared for the summer. Okay? So you've got to get here quicker than you were planning on getting here today. You've got to get to the place where the Lord can restore your soul. Your soul's been ravaged. Your soul's been mutilated. Your soul's been tortured. Your soul's been just owned by so much of hell and all of the world and the secularism and the Marxism that we are being inundated with. You've got to get to a place right now and me and you got to do it together where we can say, Lord, I just need you to restore my soul. It's like, it's like returning to your first love. The Lord restores my soul. And then, when he's able to do that, you go wherever he leads you. He will be able to lead you after he's put you in green pastures, after he's led you beside still waters, and then he was able to restore your soul. Now, and only now, can he lead you in paths of righteousness. See, you won't go, Christian, don't care. Don't care about the label or the Sunday school pens. Christians, listen, you will not walk intentionally on purpose in paths of righteousness until the shepherd has been able to slow you down, put you in green pastures, let you taste and see that the Lord is good when he restores your soul. Then he can lead you in paths of righteousness because just like the picture on the screen, the paths of righteousness may be scary. It may be challenging. You may question, God, what a path of righteousness looks like. Now, you got a bunch of people that surround you that just kind of watch you walk on the path of righteousness, but they don't know the Lord is their shepherd. They just like show up at church every now and then all over the world. But if you want the Lord to lead you on paths of righteousness, you've got to allow him to do the other things. See, we like those paths of righteousness that's got money attached to them. We like those paths of righteousness that seems like they're going to improve our temporary earthly life. But when God says, well, wait a minute now, this next thing we're about to do, it's scary. I'm going to tell you to do some things in life that I'm not going to tell your other brothers and sisters. I'm going to tell your church to do something that maybe nobody else will do it because they're scared to cross the line. Are you following me yet? I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm going to tell y'all to do. I'm going to tell y'all to start a ministry. I'm going to tell y'all to to revive the old campus that was for sale. I'm going to tell you to do some stuff where everybody else says, "Oh, you just better be quiet and play it safe," because we don't know what the future holds. But that's a lie. We do know what the future holds. Amen. We do know that at any moment the trumpet could sound, the Savior could come back, and people will be left here to die and go to hell. We know that. So, I've got to allow God 
to do these things to get me to a place where it's just really me and him. I have to hurt feelings. I have to change some things in my own life. I have to re- rewrite my morning. I do. I'm, personally, I do. I've got to rewrite my morning. And I've got to rewrite my evening. If I'm going to lay down, because green pastures are all right. Good. God says, well, I can let you lay down in, in dusty pastures in thorny pastures. I can, I can allow you to lay down in a desert. But see, God's trying to get us to a better place right now, church. But you got to know him as your shepherd in order to get there. And so he will do whatever in your life to get you there so his, his remnant can be led in paths of righteousness. And it might not be a bad thing. It might be that God wants to explode this church one last time before the trumpet sounds, and we've got to have every space we have and an outdoor amphitheater with LOL equipment. Before I know I'm just lost everybody in here pretty much when I said that, but you don't know what the path of righteousness looks like. You don't. You can think you do. You can think for God, but only God knows the path of righteousness. He wants you on as an individual, your family, and he wants us on as a church. And we have to be willing to be prepared if we're going to be led on the path of righteousness for he and he alone, his namesake. See, God's not interested in my kingdom, my namesake, not even our church's namesake. He's not interested in that. He does everything in my life that I will allow him to do for his glory. Amen? It's not for my kingdom. This is not my kingdom. It's not for my world. It's not for my reputation. It's not for my wallet. It's not for my image or my appearance. He does everything that I will allow him to do in my life for his name's sake. And I'm going to tell you right now, God's got a real good name. At the name of Jesus, demons flee. At the name of Jesus, blind eyes are open. At the name of Jesus, deaf ears are open. At the name of Jesus, you can be saved saved from hell and all your sins just at the name of Jesus so the Lord does everything in my life even the things that I God you missed it on this one nope he's still working in my life as my shepherd for his name's sake and that's why that old song that a lot of you don't know but we will understand it better by and by that means we don't know about the lot of things God does right now. Why he tells us to do this, that, and then. People don't, well, where are you at? Well, what's up with that? Why are you doing this? Why, why, why is your family doing this? He does everything in our lives for his name's sake. He said, if I be lifted up, this is, he, he meant, his, he meant the, the way he would die, being lifted up physically on a cross. But there's also a parallel to that. He said, if I be lifted up, if you lift up Jesus instead of lifting you up or even lifting the church up or lifting the pandemic up, if you will lift him up, he said, I will draw all men nigh to me, myself. That's what he said. So God does everything for his name's sake. Now, after he does that, David goes on to say this. He says, yes, this still happens even after I've done all these other things and I've been led in paths of righteousness for his name's sake and look at where it gets me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I, before I read this, I, uh, Gary Ashley and John Danny's sitting there and they buried his sister yesterday, uh, Danny's sister, 
And you know what both of them, Ashley and, and Danny, have told me individually? But we knew, we knew, we knew. She was ready to go. She was better off. She wanted to go. And see, even though we have this void, we miss our loved ones, we miss our friends when they say bye temporarily, God gives us peace. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and that doesn't mean you die. Maybe it means it feels like what's going on in your life is a death experience or you have lost someone to death. But as the shepherd of my life, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I ain't going to worry about it. And I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be scared. I will fear no evil. You don't get that as just being a humdrum, predictable Christian. You got to know the shepherd of your soul, friend. If you want to know Jesus at the darkest moment of your life is an ever-seating, always-abounding friend by your side, you got to know him as your shepherd because you're going to find that you're going to lose somebody that you don't know why they left. And the only person, the only person that can help you is the shepherd of your soul because the hurt is so deep and is so bad. I remember yesterday again at the wedding, I was talking to uh, Jaleel's grandfather and we had a short conversation. I could cry right now. Listen. Greek depression's bad, but grief's a bad thing, folks. And as Mr. John was talking to me, it went straight to how he lost his wife two years ago. And I know what that man was thinking. My wife would have loved to have been here to see her grand... I would have loved for her to have been here to see her grandson today. And I was telling Angie later, I said, that, that just really gets a hold of me. I said, because, you know... I was, we, we just began to talk, and uh, he, he's, just, he's just a good, mild-mannered man and, and all that, but, but I know what he, he was preoccupied, just, just a, a, a conversation with, and, and I know my daddy's going through that, I know some of you go through that, or you're going through that, you, and, and a lot of people we know uh, deal with that, the valley of the shadow of death. Is a dark thing, folks. And, and this is why people revert and go to the things of this world. This is why people pick up liquor again. Or they, they dabble in things that seem to be a temporary fix. It's because they don't know the shepherd. But I'm happy to report, by the time he and I got through talking, he says, but you know, I just went after she had her fourth stroke and I went home and, and just fell down at the foot of my bed and cried out to God and God just told me he was giving me peace right then. See, you got to know the shepherd of your... You can't know about him. You can't just read this chapter right here and say, oh, that was sweet. You got to know the Lord and you got to learn this right now because if we stay here, you got to learn that I got a shepherd if I don't have anything else. You got to learn that, church. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, 
I had a dream last night. I was in the foyer, and three men came in, and one man had a, one man had a badge, and they were about to arrest me. I don't know if it was something I said or something I was preaching. It might have been that my nose was leaking and y'all had to see it. But I thought about that this morning when I got to the church. And I said, we don't know what the future looks like. We know that censorship is at a level... It's, it's, it's at a level of communism now. And the only thing that is allowed is stuff you should not be hearing. You should not be hearing. And so there is a bigger demand to completely shut everybody and everything out that does not say what is needed to be said right now. And... You have to get to a place, I have to get to a place as a believer, but as a pastor of this church, I've got to get to a place where even if I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, they could kill me if I continue to preach or if I continue to tell you the truth. If I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I've got to get to a place where I can say, but I fear no evil. And I can say that standing on this stage, but see, I'm not in that foyer with a man with an assault rifle and a badge and a black SUV out there to take me off possibly to never see you or my family again. And there's a level I can get to even though that would be horrible. But I can get to a place where I can say, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death right now, but I'm not going to fear any evil. I'm trying to prepare as church. That's what I've been told to do. I'm not trying to paint you a picture. I'm not trying to be like a lot of pre preachers and t treat this as I'm just going to take the Mr. Rogers route and let's go see the trolley today and talk about what you're going to do. No, sir, we're living in a real world and the church has got to be ready for what we're facing and we're about to face and I can't play games with you or what I know's in front of you. You don't have to listen, you don't have to agree, you don't have to believe. But if I go to heaven today, I will hear him say, well done on this at least. And that's what I'm after. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And again, God loves me so much. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. I don't like it when God whips me, but I don't have a bit of problem when he reaches to save me when I put my foot in my mouth, when I bit off more than I can chew, when I've neglected to read, when I've neglected to give, when I've neglected to serve, when I've neglected to attend the house of worship, when I've neglected to pray. I don't have one problem with him taking that, that staff and pulling me out of trouble. Amen? And a person that knows him as their shepherd, they'll say, Lord, I don't like it, but thank God you love me enough to correct me with your rod and you equally love me enough to save me with your staff. He said, that's what I'll do. I'll allow the rod and the staff to comfort me. And you know why the rod is comforting? Because it's correcting me from making the same mistake that's going to continue to hurt me. That's why it's a comfort. It's not that it feels good, but it's going to comfort me in knowing I'm not going to mess up again in that area. And he says this, in a world like right now, 
He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, the devil doesn't like it when God is still hooking you up and he's trying to take you out. The devil can't stand that. But I want to tell you, if you don't hear nothing, there's no weapon that's formed against you can prosper or prevail. And God said it and not me. So he's able to prepare a table for you to feast at and you just wave at the old wolves. Tell the devil, get behind me, Satan. Leave me alone. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you've got to flee. See, the Lord, the shepherd of your soul can do that. He can make it all good and the enemy just has to stand back and watch the shepherd take care of his sheep. Isn't this a good thing God does for us? He says, you also anoint my head with oil. The shepherd anoints your head with oil. And he does this because sometimes as sheep, we don't pay attention. Amen. And we get in, and this is what happens with sheep. Sheep will sometimes graze and they will get caught up in briars. If you don't know about it, they'll get so caught up that it will, trying to get out, they'll shake their head and they'll scratch their head almost completely raw and it'll start bleeding. And then flies will come and land eggs on the bloody part of their scalp if it's unaddressed and they will hatch, those eggs will hatch and get inside of the brain of the sheep and, and, and drive them crazy before it kills them. It'll drive them crazy, but it'll also affect their ears and their eyes too. And so the shepherd will come along and with an a, a oil-like salve, he will put that on there to, to keep the flies from doing that and to, to make healing start immediately, to cause healing to start immediately. That's what a good shepherd will do. And as I was thinking about this, God reminded me of how many times over the past 30 years that in my life personally, but as a pastor, as a preacher too, God will lay things about the sheep on my heart or about the church on my heart. He says, wait a minute, them briars is tearing you up and, and I need to present this word. And I'm telling you, people have left here mad more than one Sunday anyway. And so because it gets back to me, either through the Holy Ghost or somebody gossiping, they ticked off with you, Opie. I mean, I know it's the Bible, but they mad with you. And so the Lord will say, I, I know what's happening. They can't see it. There's no harm in it. What's wrong with it? And over the years, God's done it in my life many times. He sees that there's a place because of neglect, and I've exposed myself to the devil. I don't think I have, but I've exposed myself to all of hell, They've written down my weak spot, my vulnerable spot, and the devil comes in and he will plant eggs of deceit and eggs of bitterness and eggs of uh, being lax about things and, and, and maybe not even believing God is or God will or God can or even if God has done things in my past and he knows those eggs will drive you crazy. It'll send you into a hall of depression. It 
will send you somewhere where you feel like there's nothing else you can do but end it all. He will tell you, you don't have any friends. If you serve Jesus, no, he'll put all these eggs in your head and God will send the word to open your eyes even though it seems like it's going to hurt, it's going to sting, but God's doing it because he knows the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy and he'll drive you crazy before he does that. So his word, he anoints our head every time we hear the word of God. He's trying to anoint my head with oil to help me, to heal me, to protect me, to prevent the enemy from doing what he will do every time. Even if you think, I'll just tell him, no, I won't do that. I won't allow that to happen. You're not greater than he is. And the good news is, after you allow him to anoint your head with oil, the shepherd, it's just an automatic thing. Your cup begins to run over. It does. But you have to allow him, you have to allow him to anoint your head. Don't resist the shepherd. It's the word of God. Don't resist. Let God heal you. Let God stop the devil dead in his track against you, your family, your occupation, your dreams, something God's laid on your heart to do, a door he's told you to. Don't let the devil put those eggs in there that you can't do it. We better let another big church do it. Don't you do that. Say, God, just anoint my head with oil. Just let the word go in here and work on me. If it stings me, that means I got to be healed. It means there's some infection in there. God, help me. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. But it's me, oh God, standing in the need of prayer and in the need of anointing. Now, we like this because when we've enjoyed the shepherd, he puts a promise. He puts a promise. After you've let the shepherd just be the shepherd. Let the shepherd be the shepherd because David said, I know for a fact, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me. And you'll just have people just to watch you. They don't understand why you got favor, why God does that for you. I mean, how does this happen? People just stand there and watch. Goodness and mercy just eat you up everywhere you go. Uh, I don't know if I need to pick on Eric or Mike or who I need to pick on right now about all these wonderful statements over the years about just riding on the preacher's coattail ain't going to get you to heaven. Oh, he's just brown-nosing. Preacher can't get you, you know, they give me and whoever I'm chilling with at the moment a hard time brown-nosing, brownie points and all this. But the deal is, on a serious note, the world don't understand what I'm telling you right now. How does God, how is that working out? I mean, I know you didn't get paid for two weeks. I know you didn't study for that exam. I know that did not happen the way you told me it was. How did that, that goodness and mercy is following the people that have the Lord God, not as just somebody they pray to, but as their shepherd. You are guaranteed today on the 18th of April, that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And then you know what else is an automatic thing? Is you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Now that one right there. One that praised God and thanked her Jesus. And I heard Sister Mary do it. But now everything God's been doing. But God ends with this right here. What I'm going to do. I need you to stand with me right now. If you're not driving a vehicle in your own line, this is going to sound foolish to you, but I want you to stand up in your house if you're able and you can. Because you know what God wants to do today? He wants every single person in this building. If you're a visitor, we're glad to have you. If you're visiting, watching for the first time, Online, by the way, you know what? This is why we never underestimate. I got an email notification two days ago that on Google Maps, Google Maps, Google Maps, Multitudes Church was visited 2,100 times in the mar month of March just a on Google Maps. So this is why it all has to matter it has to be right. It has to be real. We've got to be obedient. And God wants all the people. Maybe you're here because you got here through Google Maps or what if you're in the house. The Lord wants you to know him today as your shepherd. You, your, the rest of your life will change. You will enjoy while everybody else is worn out freaking out. You'll just walk, and, and you might be working because we're gonna work. Because we got to work now. Don't don't miss it. We, we got and we got a lot of work even as a church to do. But we'll just walk in a different pace or at it because we know that goodness and mercy is following us, and we don't have to fear things. The shepherd's got it all. Even when we're in a death experience, the shepherd's got it all. And when I'm about to push the button a little too hard, he'll put me in a green pasture all over again. Amen? So I want you to close your eyes if you can, if you will. And every person... Every person that wants the, to know the Lord as a shepherd of your soul, I want you to find a place anywhere around this altar, at the altar, in the aisle, spread out as much as you can and want to. Please do that. We'll cut a little more light on for you to see. They'll help you out on the corners. They have lights. You don't have to worry about that. But, I, 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 man, I, I need that's, that. You preached. Oh, Psalm 23, that's paradise. That's where I want to spend the rest of my life on this earth until I go to heaven. I, I, I want to live in that lane right there. Doesn't mean we won't lose people. It doesn't mean we won't be frustrated. It doesn't mean we won't shed, shed tears. It just means that we will We'll be able to just to let the shepherd, like you saw in the, the very first slide, it's, like, it's going on, people, what you going to do? Well, and, and I want you to learn to say this on a regular, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want.
your family's sick, your baby's sick, you lost your job. They're going to make you do this at work. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Father God, I pray for every person here and online because we are hearing and are going to continue to see things unfold that we thought we would never see or we think that it's out of a movie, God. And the people of God, the remnant, the real remnant, is going to be able to boldly proclaim that the Lord is my shepherd. God will have a spirit of peace about us that even other people that claim to know you won't understand it, Lord. So God, I pray that today over every person, that spirit of he is my shepherd would invade every heart here, Lord. We would really be able to do like Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Right now, Lord, you're not a bad God. We've talked, sung about how good you are today, Lord. And I thank you that we have even Old Testament writings such as this, Lord, that just illuminate our hearts today. So God, I repent of not letting you put me in a green pasture, Lord. I repent of not slowing down for you to take me beside still waters, Lord. God, I, I'm sorry because I've let everything else fill my soul, but I've never allowed you to restore my soul. In the name of Jesus, let souls be restored right now. Hurts, things we don't understand, why we lost loved ones, God. Why did it happen? My life's been hell ever since then. The shepherd can help right now. If you're not a believer, if you are not a believer, you don't have to do a thing but say, Jesus, I need everything I just heard today. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my life, of everything about me. I want to give myself away, including all my baggage right now. That's all you have to do to not be a candidate anymore. You can be a recipient, a recipient of heaven and the glory that God has. Hallelujah. That's waiting on all of us. We'll get to see one day. And, and the abundant life God has for us right now. If you'll say those words, Lord, forgive me. God will save you. God, this week the enemy is going to try to unravel everything that we receive today. He'll even start before we get the car cranked. But remind us, Lord, that we need to boldly say out loud to him, No, devil, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to worry. God's got this and everything else. God, I pray over every young person here. God, you've laid it on our hearts to prepare to reap this harvest in and outside this church, Lord. God, you, you want to do it on a large scale, Lord. You've showed, shown that to us. God, you have spoken directly to me about the mandate to do it and do it fast. And God, we don't want to play around with it. We know we have to work while it's day that night is coming. And God, we've already seen a little bit of what night looks like in the past year. But God, that night is only going to increase and get worse. 
But you've warned us. We can't say it snuck up on us. You, you didn't do anything. You just stood back and watched. You, you've done it again today. You've prepared us with your word. So, Lord, we need the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart to be acceptable in your sight. Because you're our strength and our redeemer. If you prayed today in this house or online, I want you to text the word SAVED to 910-400-1199. Or if you are on a tablet or a computer, you can get there by going to multitudeschurch.com slash SAVED and just a little bit of information, I mean nothing, name and email or something like that, and you'll get, you'll get help immediately, and we'll begin to pray for you.